Welcome to a very special edition of the You Tell Me What I Just Said podcast. Uh, we're calling it a special edition because it's basically, we teased in our last episode on Friday that we had a lot we wanted to get to and uh, just ran out of time. So uh, now we're going to put this episode out to address everything we were trying to get addressed in the last episode, but I mean, that could have been a four-hour podcast. So we'll see how we'll see. We'll see how this one goes. I am Johnny the Outsider. He is the one, the only, the luchador, Kenny Pickett's number one fan. <laughs> what up, what up, what up? What up, what up, indeed. So this this episode is going to, I guess we'll say, it's going to be dedicated to everything that we just need to get out of the way um, in terms of, because we don't want to, we, we keep saying beat this dead horse, but I mean, basically, we've been trying to be nice uh, about the draft and yep. the Steelers offseason and it's kind of been puttering along and this. <laughs> This is the episode where we're going to take the gloves off. I mean, you're thinking blood sport with uh, John Claude Van Damme here. Um, <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger versus a predator. Uh, you know, any of those, you name it. This yeah. is what this podcast is going to be all about. Kumite style. Yeah. 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 Um, so, I mean, we're going to go in on the offensive line. Like I said, the draft pick things we should have done in the offseason that we didn't address. Um, and we might jump into other other sports. Um, well, wrestling. But uh, just because that's another thing that's easy to rip on all over the place. But yeah, yeah. Let's, uh, let's, let's come out swinging and let's, let's start with... Uh, so, obviously, I've been on the Mitchell train. Trubisky Trubisky, uh for two years now, ever since the Bears let it be known they were going to let him go. Um, like I said, I've watched a lot of his games. I, I, my wife you know, grew up in the Chicago area, so when I, we got married and moved here, obviously Sundays I had to split TV time, sort of. Uh, I mean, Steelers always came first, but I did watch a lot of the Bears games. Mm-hmm. And we said on the last podcast that um, Eagle fans are kind of like the obnoxious, like annoying, just, <laughs> just, you <laughs> just look at them and you think they're a bunch of cretins. Um, but Bears fans, Chicago fans in general are just spoiled. Um, obviously with the Bulls, Blackhawks had a run. Um, even though the Cubs just won a World Series, the way they talked about him, you would have thought that they were perennial contenders. You know, they're just very spoiled. So <laughs> they 
they've never really had to think about sports. Um, mm-hmm. It's always, you know, they had the, what, 85 Bears when they did the shuffle. Yep. Um, so, and I don't know, maybe, maybe it's always having to play against Aaron Rodgers or, you know, Brett Favre or whatever, but when Trubisky came in, I don't know if they thought just because Nagy coached with Andy Reid that he was going to be this like instant protege that was going to turn the ship around. Um, but we've seen that before with people that coached under Bill Belichick left. And um, what, I mean, the one guy still pittering around uh, in the, the um, college football um every year yeah (laughs) he's just bouncing school to school trying to trying to establish himself as like the next guy josh mcdaniels had a stint with kansas city i think and then he came back with his tail tucked between his legs um we saw matt patricia go on to try to coach the lions i think he was there for two years so just because you coach under a great coach doesn't make you a great coach. It just makes you lucky to be a part of a system. And um, watching Trubisky, the first year he came in, it was a four and eight. You know, he only only started twelve games that year, um, but th- seven touchdowns, seven interceptions. You know, nothing that's going to blow your hair back. Obviously, there was a lot of pressure on him coming in as that high of a draft pick and to be fair he shouldn't have been that high of the draft pick but um so like i don't hold it against him for not you know playing deshaun watson level and i think it needs the case needs to be made that like this isn't me trying to say that he's the next patrick mahomes tom brady peyton manning he's you're not going to get that with him but as you saw in his second year he helped Take the Bears at an eleven and three record, uh, twenty-four touchdowns to twelve interceptions. Um, didn't I mean three thousand, three over three thousand yards, um, and that was with Tariq Cohen as a starting running back, which, I mean, Tariq Cohen was basically Darren Sproles two Obviously, more injury issues. I don't think he's played for two years. Um, his, I don't, even, I don't even know who his leading receiver was that year. Because I, I don't think, I think Allen Robinson came in twenty nineteen. Uh, probably. <laughs> um, I, I, I think it was twenty nineteen. Um, but you know, they were one field goal kicker away from going to the NFC championship game. Mm-hmm. Um, next year, uh, he comes in, he gets hurt. Bears have an eight and seven record that year. Doesn't play the whole season, but th- that's when you kind of saw that Nagy started taking over the offense more uh, and highly limited the playbook for him. That year, he was sacked 38 times. Um, which is one of the things we led into with the Steelers offensive line. And we'll jump into that later, but um, <laughs> getting sacked 38 times, like he's going to thrive in the Steelers offense uh, just because he's going to know what that's like. 
Um, hey, can I, can I ask you something real quick? Yeah. yeah okay. Uh, okay. So, you know, like obviously Mr. Bisky was, you know, like you, you would say he's fairly, a fairly athletic dude, right? Pretty athletic. Yeah. So, I mean, do you think the fact that the bears, how, did they even invest in the offensive line that like, did they add any pieces throughout his tenure there? No, no, they were mostly defense and yeah, defense. They, they got a, they got the Cole commit from Notre Dame. Right, right. Shout, shout out to the Notre Dame tight end factory. Yeah, right. Um, they, they, I guess they got Mooney, um, but I don't, I don't think they, like, no one knew that Mooney was going to be as good as he was. Um, they had Anthony Miller. Uh, oh God! Now, yeah, he's now on we have him. Yeah, and uh, I can tell you. But no, uh, they never really, they never really address the line. At least, not anything meaningful. Um, right. Kind of just, I guess, expected Trubisky to overcome that, or I, I guess I don't know what, because the story is that Nagy just really like turned on Trubisky in 2019. Uh, I don't know if he blames him for getting injured. I, if you get sacked 38 times, like sooner or later, it's gonna happen. Right. But. Um, would you say that like uh, damaged his confidence? Like you think oh, like, yeah. that got in his head, and he would feel pressure when it wasn't there, and, and like always, like always look like behind his back or to to his blind side just to see if there was anybody coming. Like you think he got happy feet? He developed sort of a like uh, like a scared played scared, right? Like you would you say yeah, that? No, I, yeah. I would definitely say he. I mean, it's kind of the Roethlisberger syndrome. Um, he had uh, in 2019. His yards per average were 6.1. Um, too bad. But, I mean, you saw that, like, Ben, <laughs> you know, and before, before he got injured in 2019, he was 7.6, 7.6, 7.5, 8.4. Um, and then after the injury and the O-line issues, he's at 6.3, 6.2. So, I mean, what, what, you're, you're going okay. to have the – Oops, sorry, go ahead. So, sorry, I was gonna, I was just gonna say like, okay, so how much of Mitch Trubisky's flaws would you blame on the O line, and then how much of like his lack of success would just be from his mechanics? Um, I would put a lot of it on the O line, and like the year before when they went eleven and three, the playbook was a little more open to him. Mm-hmm. He had uh, more options to scramble, get out of the pocket, kind of uh, do things on the fly um and his numbers that year sack wise were 24 and then the next year it jumped up to 38 so mm-hmm. um i think you know some quarterbacks just need to be able to get out of the pocket and move uh he i mean he, he made a lot of plays from the pocket as well um you know again he he's not going to be a tom brady but he can make the throws um needed if he has time um, or the ability to not have to stand in the pocket like a statue mm-hmm. or, you know, like you said, not have to look over his shoulder because like, oh, <laughs> is somebody there? Last play, they were in my face in two seconds. They're going to be in my face again. Um, right. well, I was just mentioning that. Sorry, but I was just mentioning that because there was some, sorry, some low lights, you know, because like a lot of people like to look at the highlights of a quarterback because obviously the yeah. highlights they're going to like pinpoint the the plays that he did make, but there are also some plays that I <clears throat> that I watched 
where he did have a clean pocket and his mechanics were just terrible, terrible, terrible mechanics. But also it could be because he was seeing ghosts. Shout out to Sam Darnold. Um, but like some of his throws, man, like there were some plays where like he had a clean pocket, like a clean, crisp pocket and just would overthrow a guy or would throw it into like triple coverage. Like he, he has made a lot of mental mistakes. Like, I don't know if, if his time in Buffalo could like, maybe he learned from Josh Allen, but there were some, some plays, man, just some bonehead plays that I saw where like a guy would be open and like, he would throw like a back shoulder pass. I think it was, I can't remember who the wide receiver was, but like where it wasn't needed and it it failed and then there was a a pass that he threw to Tariq Cohen on the side like there was a guy open like going downfield that he beat his man and then he just for some reason threw it uh, to Tariq Cohen it didn't get any yardage but some of those things like uh that kind of worries me just because of all the abuse that he took behind the O-line like maybe like his like like we were talking about his confidence or something uh isn't isn't what it used to be um but I mean, like, like uh, that being said, like his athleticism is great and stuff, but like sometimes like when he exits the pocket and he rolls out, um, it just, I don't know, man. It just seems like he, he doesn't process things correctly. Like he doesn't read the defense well. Um, but I don't know, like, again, I don't know if that's just because of the system that they're running or maybe it's just him making bad, bad decisions. I mean, a lot of that, I think, this comes from his relationship with uh, Nagy. Um, okay. Like, he just never seemed like he was happy in Chicago. Maybe 2018, probably. Um, mm-hmm. um, obviously, they had a really good year. But like I said, mm-hmm. after, after he gets hurt in 2019, they take away the playbook. You know, right. uh, um, 2020, they go out and get Nick Foles. And the whole time, they're talking about he's going to lose his starting job at like, Nick Foles. And when you're already in that you know, lock, toxic situation in, in the locker room. Um, and even after that, I mean, he still helped get them into the playoffs in 2020. Right. Um, after getting benched for Nick Foles, like it would have been easy for him just to shut down and like be done with the season knowing that he was going to be gone next year. Um, we still came out, played, got him to the playoffs. Um, and again, I'm not, I'm not saying he he's good enough to win you football games. Uh, I mean, with the defense we have, you're basically looking at his 2018 season with the defense we have. Um, you know, he could definitely help get us the 11 and three AFC championship game. Um, and this, fortunately, now he has you know the Wizard of Boz instead of Cody Parkey. That's so, a definite upgrade right there, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. like. Uh, <laughs> All he has to do is get him in field goal range. Yeah, you know, for wizard, real, wizard of Buzz. Right. So, you know, I I could I could see this team being the eleven and three Chicago Bears from twenty eighteen. Difference being, um, you know, he actually has wide receiver weapons. He has Najee. He has Pat. Uh, that is one of the things he advocated for is uh, using tight ends the running back and you know. To his fault, maybe, you know, throwing to Terry Cohen, like you said, when someone's wide open down the field. But, right. you know, he didn't have that trust with his wide receivers either because they, they would drop very catchable balls at, at yep. the same time. Um, you know, like, I'm looking at you, Anthony Miller. <laughs> when, we, when we signed Anthony Miller, it broke my heart that uh, Deontay Johnson was going to lose a drop, <laughs> you know, most drops in a Steelers season. That's another guy that we need to go in on. 
Yeah, well, it's coming. It's coming. Um, it's coming. It's, it's on its way. So, you know, I, I, I just that whole situation for him that I think just had him rattled because even when he was making throws, the receivers weren't catching it. Um, deal with, like, again, the Chicago media fans, Nagy. I, I was just, I, the whole thing was just combustible. Right. But with that being said, let's just jump into Kenny Pickett. Um, oh, shit. Here we go. Because I made, made the case, like, again, we, we could easily be the 11-3 and three Chicago Bears team this year. Um, you know, Mac, Mac, you, you know, you got TJ Watt. Um, the, what's the one guy's name that was Danny Trevathan, you know, Miles Jack, but, you know. Um, similar, similar, or like similar. The guy, the guy teams, the right? line, can't think of the guy on the line, but uh, uh, obviously we have Cam Hayward, maybe stuff onto it. You know, Marvin Leal could yeah. turn into something. You know, we picked him in the third round. He has all the tools, all the physical tools you need. Um, uh, I guess there was a knock on him saying that he was really underweight, not really underweight, but underweight for what the Steelers have wanted to do. But I guess he gained 10, 10 pounds in muscle. So, I mean, it, for I think for DeMarvin, it has to be more of like mental, obviously a mental uh, jump that he needs to make. But yeah, sorry, go go ahead, go ahead. You no, know, yeah, I mean that's just like our defense. You could easily make the case, maybe not secondary wise. I, who knows what we're there? We, we kind of talked about Caleb Witherspoon, or um, you know, if we'd gone to Adam Bradbury, Ooh. that right away would instantly make me feel better about the uh, secondary, but I mean, Thanks. obviously I, I don't know what he's asking. There's gotta be a reason nobody's signed him. Um, mm. He's a stud, but he'd instantly be CB one in our, in our secondary. So I don't know if it's an asking price issue for him or what, but um, like I said, otherwise defensive wise, we're pretty well right there with him. But so how do you so are we we're gonna get into picket? So how do you what do you feel about picket? Yeah, yeah. let's transition right into picket. Right. Um so this is stat line right now. I have it up in front of me. Mm. Obviously, his freshman year he played four games, uh five hundred and nine yards, one touchdown, one interception in four games. So <laughs> kind of what you would expect for a guy, a freshman. Uh sophomore year, he started 14 games, uh 12 touchdowns to six interceptions and then his junior year 469 or uh 3,000 yards 13 touchdowns and nine interceptions 2020 obviously COVID nine games 13 touchdowns and nine interceptions and then his you know, stellar, final year stellar season is year. where he he took off uh 4,319 yards 12, 42 touchdowns seven interceptions yep and I just like the those earlier years like nothing about them tells you that this guy was going to be a star right and I, I just have a really hard time basically buying into the hype from one year um yeah, that is true the acc was really weak this year there really wasn't anybody like we talked about last week, Clemson was down um, uh, well, this year. Well, Clemson, yeah, you could say Clemson was weaker, but I think they ranked eighth in defense that whole year. So, I mean, 
I mean, his numbers against them, they're what he had like 300 and something yards and two touchdowns. And uh, like, I know we make the case a lot about like, um, like the, the poor competition and stuff. Um, but like, like you and I would both say that like the Steelers, like when they play somebody that they should beat, they usually shit the bed, right? Like you would say that like yeah, yeah. most of the time. Yeah. And it's like, <clears throat> like the thing for me with Pickett is like, he, like he can't choose who he plays, right? Like it's just obviously predetermined no. game, you know I mean? Like, right. right. But like, I, I, like for me, like I, you want him to excel against bad teams, right? Like you want him to, to show that the, the competition is inferior to him. Like you, you want him to put up numbers and stuff against bad teams. And like, cause if he wasn't, if he wasn't doing that, then that would be like pretty worrisome, right? Worrisome, right? Like I, that's, I mean, that, that's how I feel about that. Like you want him to show them like, Hey, like, I know you guys aren't better than me. I'm going to go out there and put up numbers, but, but to your point, yeah, like it was a weak, weak conference, but I mean, some, some, so I'm just, I guess I'm just looking for silver linings here in, in terms of the, the, the opponents, you know? No, I mean, that's, that's fair. Like you said, right. the, the worst thing as a Steelers fan is seeing a team we should be and knowing that we're going to shit the bed. Right. Like Jacksonville like, was last year, two years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Steelers football, one of them. <laughs> uh, Losing I, against I, hot dog matches, man. If you see a give me on the schedule, that's not the <laughs> thing. So we're sweating bullets every week. Excellent. But to your point, like, yes, I, I mean, I would have been ecstatic if Ben would have went out, like he said, against the Jacksonville and put up you know, monster games, but <laughs> obviously we didn't get to see that. I mean, right. you do what you're supposed to do, but I mean, obviously Roden died with him because he showed that he could win it. He got two Super Bowls, so mm-hmm. um, you know, everyone's credit the defense, but I mean, he put the pass right where he had to for sent coming at home, so I mean, let's cut the guy some slack. Right. Uh, and obviously, it was a great catch by San Antonio Holmes. But mm-hmm. I mean, this just looking at you know, obviously beating Clemson was a pretty big deal right. uh, since yeah you know, they had a really good defense. He put up good numbers. You know, losing to Miami that's a tough one. It's a tough one to swallow, uh, right? Losing to Western Michigan like Western Michigan <laughs> feels like a Steelers loss. So maybe oh. he's a Steelers quarterback. Do you have the um, Do you have the stats in that the, game? Uh, Western Michigan. Yeah, yeah, I got to pull up real quick. Uh, I mean, it was 44 or 41, so I mean, it was, it was a shootout. For sure. <laughs> shootout. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Man. Yeah, I mean, he had six touchdowns to one interception, so I mean. I mean, I, I feel like I that's mean, more I, of like I'm a gonna, team defense loss. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm not going to I'm not gonna fault him that. Right. For sure, just because, um, I mean, you put up six touchdowns. <laughs> like you should win a game. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know they obviously lost the Peach Bowl. I'm pretty sure he played that one, right? Was that the the last game of the season last year? Because I think no, he he, he, he sat that one out. He did. Yeah, he sat. Yeah. So yeah, uh, there was like something that one. right. I mean, he made the the right choice in my opinion. Um, well, I mean, you got you can you want a guy to play the last game of the season? You know, it's because we're uh, the championship. But I mean, like, I don't know if he had anything else to prove. Like, he was just securing his draft spot. You don't want to get hurt. On that, on a pro like a, a bowl game like that, you know, um, right? Well, I mean, how many a lot of kids do right. uh, anymore? So like, I don't fault them. You know, if it's your junior year, eh, you know, if you're not coming back, like, who cares? Unless it's the national championship game, like, 
you're going to cost yourself millions of dollars. I'm, I have no problem with them setting out. Um, yeah, what's he going to prove at that point? We already said he had 42 touchdowns or whatever it was last year. So right. like, what, what more can you really prove? Right. Um, um, yeah, but like, can you, but, can, can you pick it as a passer though? Like I, I would say he's pretty accurate, man. Like that's the one thing that Tomlin and Colbert were preaching about was accuracy and mobility. And I think like, uh, from what I've seen, uh, Pickett's like really accurate at all three levels, like short, intermediate and deep passes. Um, obviously he doesn't have like a cannon for an arm, but like, when are you going to use that in a game a lot? You know, I mean, like we, I guess Mahomes like kind of like put up expectations or whatever, but I mean, Tom Brady is, doesn't have the, like a cannon for an arm. Like he's mostly relying on accuracy and timing, which can you pick it that is pretty good at. Um, I mean, he never really had an, a, like an elite offensive line in college, you know? So, I mean, the fact that he was able to produce and kind of like what the Steelers have right now, like a bad offensive line. Um, so, you know, you know, like if you have a bad offensive line, you know, teams are going to blitz often. Right. I mean, like they're going to try to get after the quarterback and apparently oh, yeah. Kenny Pickett has had 25 touchdowns when going against the blitz, which is pretty good, man. I mean, like facing pressure like that um, and still delivering, uh, you know, touchdowns, that's something to be praised right there. Um, and he's always made the right, like, not always, but he's made a lot of good decisions. Like if he, sometimes he'll take what the defense gives him and he'll rush for the first down or make the right read and pass. And they had a pro style offense too. So, I mean, he, he like, he can read the defenses. He goes through his progressions. Um, he, you know, he does what he's supposed to do. Um, and he always keeps his eyes downfield. Like that's what I, one thing that I've noticed that he's always like, even when he's scrambling out of the pocket, like sometimes he might, he might falter and look, look, you know, to see where the guy's coming from. But if you keep your eyes downfield and still deliver a pass, um, that's a good mark in my book. But one thing that I didn't like about that, like since he's always looking downfield and he wants to make a play, like the way he carries the football, like he carries it really low. And, um, you know, you, usually that's like prime, ch- like the defensive lineman or an off- outside linebacker is going to feast on that because they'll strip sack him. I think he had like 17 last year or total in his whole career. I, I'm like messing the numbers up right there, but like, like things like that, like they can work on, you know, like it to protect, protect the ball better, but it's just right. like, you got to take that with the good and the bad or take it with the good, you know, but, um, you know, also he had uh, 8.69 yards per attempt, which is pretty, pretty good, man. I mean, uh, it's, it's right up there where you want it to be. So he's also really accurate on the move. Like there was, there was one, I can't remember what game it was, but he rolled out to the right and was rushing, you know, and he just off, off balance, you know, threw a laser right to the end zone for a touchdown. So, I mean, some of those things like can translate into the pro game, you know, that's definitely something that you want in your quarterback in this day and age. Um, so, but like, other than that, man, like just, he's an athletic dude and he can extend plays and, and, he, and he's like the most, what Tomlin and Colbert were saying, like just the most pro ready guy in the draft. So like, if they were looking for a quarterback, like this is the guy that they wanted. Cause you don't want it. Like, like we talked about it before, like where if they were going to go for a Malik Willis, Malik's like a project. So you'd have to have him on the bench for a while. And that's why you'd have Trubisky in. Right. But I mean, um, you have like your defense, like they feel like it's a Super Bowl caliber defense, you know, let's add a couple of missing pieces. 
but like and the more I think about it man I just think this is as much as it is an unknown for a quarterback to go into that next level like I think they made the right choice in the quarterback that they were taking and plus they Trubisky knew that if Pickett was available to the Steelers that they were probably gonna they were probably gonna go after him so there wasn't any like Cleveland Brown situation where they, they were messing like with Baker. Yeah. Yeah. And then get Watson. So, I mean, the Steelers did everything the right way, in my opinion, in this situation that they found themselves in. Well, then that'll take us into the next, the reason, the reason I don't think like what you're saying is we have a Super Bowl ready defense, right? Well, I mean, that's what the Colbert and if, Tomlin think, but I mean, right. we're still, let's, mid- let's I mean, say it. yeah. Let's say, let's say that's true. Let's all things aside. Um, let's say that's true. We we don't have a Super Bowl offensive line, oh, no. and <laughs> that's that's the only reason I can't like. Despite everything you said, mm-hmm. like, yeah, okay, so he's probably he might be more athletic than Trubisky, but. Trubisky can get out of the pocket and run if he has to. He did it mm-hmm. plenty of times in Chicago until they shut off the playbook to him. Um, uh, if if this offensive line could have been heavily upgraded, and you know we talked about this all last year with taking Kendrick Green when we should have took Quinn or making a move to try to go up and get Creed. Um, there's a number of things we could have done last year that we didn't do, um, which is why we, which is why I surmise that Ben has a bad blood with Pittsburgh is to throw him out there as a scapegoat for one last season when they did nothing to help him besides get Najee and Pat, who obviously can't block the whole defense. <laughs> True. But, True. Um, I just, everyone, everyone online keeps saying like somehow we upgraded this offensive line and when you pass on generational talent twice twice Twice. two years in a row (laughs) Lindenbaum would have been like the guy um it's just hard to it's hard you know there's always going to be a a guy next year probably you know a lineman Mm -hmm. that you know gets hyped up and touted up but if you're trying to say that this defense is like ready to go, everything's in place. Um, you know, you got Pickens, so maybe you're gonna lose Deontay Johnson because he wants you know top wide receiver money. Um, so that leaves you with Claypool, Pickens, um, Alvin Austin, Austin the third. Right. Yeah, if you if Austin pans out, like you're still in pretty good shape there, but you know. Who knows if Najee makes it through the season offensive line? Mm-hmm. Like I, I hate to say it, but I mean the guy carried the ball way too many times last year for a team that wasn't going anywhere. Um, I'm not sure why. Like I, I know Snell's not worth the ground he stands on, <laughs> but at Facts. some point, like at some point, you got to try him out there and stop getting Najee killed in games where, like, I mean he ended up wearing down at the end of the last season, getting injured. Yep. Um, you know, at the very least, like, would have been easy if you would have went and got like a Lynn bomb that automatically just takes their line way way up. Yep. Um, 
you know, maybe Dan Moore makes a leap this year. Um, he, you know, he played he played pretty good last year for a fifth round pick. Yeah, like, like fifth or sixth, maybe fourth. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, you weren't expecting played, him to start, right? Like nobody expected yeah. him to start, but the way he he battled through training camp and stuff, like he obviously was a better option than uh, who was the other guy? It was there was another good. Was it Chooks that moved to right tackle? There was another guy. I, I'm I feel awful for not remembering who it was, but like obviously, if you're relying oh, yeah. on a rookie in the later rounds to start, then that should be like a red flag right there. Like you need more pieces on the offensive line. Um, because like, yeah, like you said, he played really well. Like he held miles Garrett in check, you know, the anytime they, and everybody was trying to say that miles Garrett is like one of the top head rushers, you know, a lot, a lot of people thought he was going to be defensive player of the year last year, that every year. To be yeah. Defensive player of the year this year. So, I mean, um, uh, but, uh, well, they got Kevin Dotson, like Kevin Dotson's going to be left guard. Right. And he was injured throughout the year last year. And when he did play, he wasn't the same guy that we saw in his rookie season. Um, I guess there, and there was rumors swirling at the beginning of the season that where Tomlin was pissed at him for weight. Um, who knows if that's true? You know, people like to say a bunch of crazy shit online. Um, but I mean, if he if Dawson comes back and plays at the level that we know he's capable of, then you don't. I mean, left guard is pretty much solidified, right? He was like he's fairly young. He's yeah. I think he's only, only going to be in his third year. And, and then now we get to the position that you and I have, like, like we had said earlier, like center, like, what did they do at center to upgrade it, to make you feel good about any of the quarterbacks that, that, that they have behind them? Like they have Kendrick green, which if people listen to the podcast, know that we ripped that pick apart. We didn't know who he was when he came out, like the Steelers, I guess they were looking at his physical traits instead of like game tape. I mean, cause he played guard the majority of his collegiate career and like they want to move him to center like sometimes that doesn't work out like that that's like what you say where you say like tomlin and colbert are trying to be the smartest guys in the room like oh don't worry he'll he'll transition just fine and look what happened like ben got destroyed kendrick green missed blocks and was down the field for no reason like you were missing a guy like a linebacker coming in shooting to tackle him and kendrick green would be 10 yards up field or he'd be on his back like Brendan Schaub in a UFC fight. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> and like, There's and a turtle out there on his back. A turtle, dude. Like, oh, come on. Dude. Come on, Franklin, get up. But, like, <laughs> and then they, they don't – who do they sign? They, they signed JC, who I ripped apart two years prior. You and I both have, like, just beaten the shit out of that guy. And then they signed Mason Cole. A third stringer center, and they're like, "Here's a band aid." Like, come on, dude. Yeah. Like, but seriously. They're just hoping that somehow he, again, like Kendrick Green, just figures it out, and is going to somehow, like, just click and make it work. When, <sighs> where the game tape doesn't lie, it tells you that they're not that guy, pal. Trust me, they're not <laughs> dude, that guy. It's rough. So that now, like, to your point. We missed on Linderbaum. We missed on Creed Humphrey. We missed on Miners. And we're just hoping that these guys keep Trubisky or pick it up. Like, come on. Like, it doesn't take a brain surgeon to see, like, that's the spot you need to do something with. Because no matter, like you have been saying before, no matter who you put out there, if he's just running for his life and just getting destroyed, if it's Trubisky, he's going to have the same flashbacks that he had in Chicago. If you have Kenny Pickett out there, he's going to develop, like, 
happy feet and he's going to be scared and he's going to get lit up. And then what are you left with? Broken down quarterbacks. And then you're like, yeah. it's what, what, then what was the point of investing a first rounder in Kenny Pickett if he's constantly on his ass? You know, like it doesn't do anything for the team. And like, I don't like the fact that they're gambling on Kendrick Green to, de- to develop because like, like you said, watch the game tape. Like that's what you're comfortable with. Like, but, and then you're, no. and one other thing, real quick, it, it, real okay. quick, okay, sorry, real quick. And then you're investing, like you have Pat Myers, the, the offensive line coach from Carolina as the guy that's running this whole thing. Like, really? Like that's your master plan to hope, hope that those two guys, or hope that the two quarterbacks are athletic enough to avoid any like pressure, like, come on. That's that's the biggest fault of the offseason, to your point earlier, where, like, they need to do shit. So, but sorry, man. Sorry, go ahead. Go, if, I'll let you if, Kendrick Green, if Kendrick Green would have at some point showed, like, he was starting to figure it out, that would have been one thing. But somehow he got worse. And I don't know how it was possible for him to get worse than how he started. But he regressed all season somehow. Um, forgetting to snap the ball, dude. Was that against the Saints? Twice in one game. Was yeah, it twice the Saints in the or Chargers? Game. Some I, team. Like, dude, I think, like, I think, or was it the Minnesota? One of the Chargers. It might have been Minnesota, actually, because that, that was a game that we won that we shouldn't have won, right? No, I think we lost that game in overtime. I think. I don't know, dude. See, was, like, that's, <laughs> like, the, the fact that there's so many that, games where he fucked up. Sorry, I didn't mean to drop yeah. the F-bomb, but, like, there's so many games that he messed up that we can't remember which one it was. Tells you a lot. And like, we watched the Steelers religiously. Like that is our team. We've watched them for years. And the fact that we can't pick out the game that he messed up, like when JC was, or no, it was BJ Finney when he was center and he forgot to, or he didn't snap the ball and the rest of the offensive line moved. It was against the Patriots. Like, like you remember that. So like right there, it tells you like as many mental mistakes as Kendrick green made, like, it's not good. Like, you know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I, I, I know exactly what you're saying. Um, shout out to uh, Claypool too for not getting the ball back to the ref. <laughs> that, that was that was a Minnesota game. Oh God, rough. Yeah. Um, yeah. Look, if you had a confident O line, like Najee showed what he can do last year without one, if you gave him a good O line, like you don't need a Patrick Mahomes. You don't need it. Joe Burrow, you don't need, you know, any the Deshaun Watson. You can just pound the crap out of the ball, and Mitch, all Mitch has to do is throw it to Pickens, Fryermuth, or Claypool if he's got his head on right. Yeah, just don't and, throw um, the turnover. Just don't throw the pick. Yeah. Like, just make the correct he have to. He doesn't have to do anything crazy. He's just got to make easy, you know, first down throws. Najee will get us, you know, I don't know what's going on with Anthony McFarland, but if he does come back with his head on, um, you know, he could be Tariq Cohen, which, I mean, Mitch had success with. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, then, then you'll have to get Najee killed all season. You know, he can go out there, wear down the defense, sub, sub package, put in McFarland. Again, if you get an O-line, <laughs> you don't need a world beater at quarterback. Who's but, our right card? Like you said. Um, sorry, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, man. No, 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 no
I'm just every time I have to look up our line, like it kills me. Because we should um, know these guys. Like we should have us like a solid group, right? Like you build from the inside out, and the fact that they've neglected the O line with like third stringer signings and did they even draft an offensive lineman this year? I, I don't remember. <laughs> Memory is so, <laughs> so, so this is our projected offensive line. Dan Moore at left tackle, mm-hmm. Kevin Dodson at left guard, Mason Cole at center, James Daniel at right guard. Oh, yeah. That's and right. Chooks, Chooks at right tackle. Oh, God. Like, wow. out of all of them, out of all of them, the only one that I have any faith in is Dan Moore. Um, Kevin Dodson, it sounds like he's like Kev, Kevin Banner 2.0, where like they're hyping him up to be this like all star, but like mm-hmm. he, he can't get on the field can't get in shape like well, how's that daniels guy from chicago like you watched a lot of the offensive line you've been, he, you've been preaching that they were terrible <laughs> he ain't good he ain't good uh, he ain't, he's, he's not the answer to our problem um you're gonna talk about trubisky you're gonna talk about <laughs> trubisky saying ghosts wait till you see uh, <laughs> daniels oh man oh yeah uh and it, yeah, and then they go out and sign who some guy Travis Scott, fun, something Scott, the rapper, the rapper, <laughs> the rapper, the rapper. <laughs> Trent Scott, whatever. Sorry, sorry about missing your uh, names, but come on, man. Probably Travis Scott <laughs> would play better, man. I, I didn't say at this point, Travis Scott might as well go out there and play for uh, <laughs> can't do any worse. Um, yeah, I like, like, how am I supposed like. How how am I as a fan supposed to look at that and, and get hyped? You know, like what what about what about any of that? Do you look at it and go, you know, what? it's gonna be okay. It's gonna be okay. And we're just chooks, gonna try, man. Chooks, we're gonna really? try the rookies out there and hope for the best. Well, they have to they have um, to get snaps so they can grow. Like, no, dude, maybe, but no. I mean, they're they're not like high pedigree. Gra- I can't even talk pedigree guys, you know. So oh, like, Joe Hag was probably who you were thinking about last year. Okay, yeah. Okay. Joe Hag? Or 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 Lagoo. Lagoo. He played pretty decent for like a game, but it's still yeah. like you know, like it's not it was not enough to be like that's the starter of the future right there. That he's played yeah. like a backup, you know, like what you expect from a backup. And then Chooks, like we could what about <laughs> Chooks, man? That's that's allegedly in some circles, he is the best offensive lineman on our team and that guy wouldn't he'd be a backup or yeah or a third stringer on any other team dude like unless he unless he progresses i doubt it i mean how long has he been here four years already and he's just always just just good enough to be a start like a low-end starter like and and again like you were saying like that's the these are the guys that are protecting your first round draft pick and kenny pickett trubisky you're signing Najee, your other first round pick, like, and then whoever Connor Hayward or Benny Snell or Anthony McFarland behind, behind them. So, and plus, again, this is all like Matt Canada too, like Matt, Matt Canada's offense. Like the, you're, you're putting all these guys in a blender and you have Matt Canada, they're pushing the button. Like that's what you're hoping, like, and you're hoping for a decent offense because you and I can both agree that the Steelers' offense the past couple of years has been 
dog shit. I'll I'll say it. I'm dog shit. Yeah, like it's well, painful to watch. It's painful. Like everyone, wanted, everyone wanted to throw Ben under the bus, but like it didn't matter who you put behind that oh, block. And like it was, it was going to be bad. And the thing to remember is like it doesn't matter how good your defense is. If they're out there for seventy percent of the game, like mm. they're going to get torched. They're going to get worn down. They're yeah. going to get destroyed. Um, and that's what we're kind of looking at again this year. I think is like we might have a Super Bowl defense, but when they have to stop the other team, you know, fifty times in a game, because we're going four and out over and over and over and over and over again. Just look at like, the Chiefs game matter. last year. Yeah. Yeah, like the, the defense did their job for like a quarter. And then when you like we'll get into the Deontay Johnson thing, like when you have wide receivers that are committing penalties like false starts or dropping easy passes or you know, passes that they have to make. And like that, like you said, it just tires out your defense because they have to go back out there again and try to stop an offense like that. Like it, like you said, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what kind of de- like defense, if it's Super Bowl caliber or not. You're not going to do anything when your offense can't convert third downs, drop passes, uh, can't run the ball. You know, so it's it just it just spells disaster. Uh, we'll use some Steiner math. <laughs> use some Steiner yeah. math to talk about it. So, so, so uh, the Steelers have normally would have a thirty three and a third percent chance of winning, but I, then they put out that offensive line and it drops to one. Oh, so, so rough, man. That's what it comes down to. Right. Um, this is, I, I just don't, I don't understand it. I just, I, well, do you, you want to get into gonna be the, two, sorry, go ahead. Sorry. All right. Well, it's just like the old line was old in 2019 mm. or 2020. And then 2021, you just tried out you know, and hope for the best, and you saw that it wasn't going to work. Mm-hmm. And then at no point did you think we, we should address that O-line. Right. Besides signing a bunch of back send-offs. Yep. And we talk about it all the time. If, if um, Daniels, Cole, and Trent, or whatever his name was that we just signed, like if if they were the guy, they wouldn't be allowed to walk and sign for next to nothing. And I, I don't know what you think is going to change that because they're playing for you. Like you said, you, you, sign, you signed, you know, a send-off for the offensive line coach from Carolina. Mm-hmm. Again, if these guys are really good, they're not allowed to just walk for nothing, you know? Right. So it's just, it's just very frustrating, right. to say the least. And I I just worry we're gonna waste like T. A. Watts prime. You know he's gonna end up going the route of his brother. Just should have been there, but the front office just kept you know right. messing around, and it's gonna be it's gonna be tough to watch if T. A. didn't get one at, in black and gold. Or Cam Hayward, that guy's that guy's. Or Cam, yeah. Cam's the captain of the defense, uh, well-respected in the locker room, just a great figure in the community, and he plays lights out, man, at his age. I mean, he's not, like, old for the earth or anything, but, like, he's getting up there in age for football, man, and just just to see a guy who – I don't want to say wasted, but, like, 
I helped the guy out, man. Like he could a borderline hall of fame player. And the fact that you are gambling on, you know, backups and like hot dog vendors as your offensive line, like it just like it, like the Steelers are usually like a, like a top world-class organization, but just like the fact that they're faltering and doing something with the offensive line, just, it just feels like a slap in the face to the veteran players who, who go in there and grind and give everything they got. And like, you're not putting your team in a true position to win. And you're just, you're gambling his, his uh, chance of holding a, a Lombardi trophy on like hopes and dreams, you know, like, like you're just hoping for the best. So I don't know. We'll see how it plays out, man. But like so far as it is on paper, I don't, there's like you said, there's nothing about it that screams like oh, this is it. Like you can't say confidently, like this is the this is the offensive line that's going to take us to the next level. Real quick, I'm looking at the tight ends and I don't see Eric Ebron. Is he gone? Uh, like officially, I think he might be uh, restricted. No, uh, yeah, I think he's a free agent. So I mean, because. Because the, the depth chart I'm looking at right now has Pat number one, Zach number two, Kevin Rader number three, and then Connor Hayward number four. But I like Zach Gentry. Like he's definitely grown since he's been in the league. Like he was a. I mean that he's a big boy. Yeah, was well, he like six <laughs> six or something six seven, something like that, right? Like feels, he's... feels like he's a great colleague out there. <laughs> Hard to miss him. Right. Hard well, to miss him. <laughs> He was a quarterback at the University of Michigan, and he wasn't that great. But the fact that he, like, again, another guy who put in the work and, like, transitioned to another position and was actually doing pretty well. Like, he's a really good blocker. Um, like, down the stretch, you saw when Pat Fryermuth got hurt, like, he was able to catch, you know, able to make plays. That's always, like, you know, encouraging. But, yeah, I think I, he's a pretty solid number two linebacker – or uh, tight end, sorry. Really good tight end, yeah. so – I mean, I feel pretty good about the tight end position, right? Like, you feel confident that yeah. tight end is, yeah, you know, like one of the better position groups in our on our team, especially with Pat. You know, shout out to Pat. For that's that's team. what makes it sad. Is like, I'm good with the tight ends. I'm good with the running backs. Right. I'm good with the quarterbacks. Right. I'm not sold on Deontay Johnson, but you could easily sell me on Chase George. Maybe behind Calvin. Right. Um. Yeah, it's being like the deep speed threat, right. or just getting the ball, getting the ball in the flat and taking it off, yep. making some people miss. Um, <laughs> we'll see what Miles Boy- Boylan brings, but Boykin, Miles Boykin, old uh, Golden Domer. Yeah. Uh, the the problem is, like, <laughs> no matter how good we are at every position, besides secondary, again, mm-hmm. we'll see, we'll see how it plays out this year. That old lion, we saw it in the Super Bowl. The yep. Bengals were about to, the, you know, Joe Burrow already said, get my cigar lit, boys. Daddy's coming home. <laughs> and uh, all of a sudden, the Rams are like, oh, yeah, they don't have an offensive line. Let's just send everybody at them and see what happens. And that's, I mean, if Joe Burrow couldn't hang on for two more quarters, as good as he is, like, it doesn't matter how – let's say Pickett really is better than I think he is. Let's say he is you know, going to be a top-five quarterback in the league someday. It does not matter when you have Swiss cheese for an O-line. They're going to be after him all game, 
Um, or you're going to get Najee Harris injured and waste, you know, he's going to be Saquon Barkley 2.0. Don't you say that. Don't you say that. I, I hate saying it, but like, this, <laughs> this is the episode. This is the episode we said we weren't going to be nice. We weren't going to be nice. And right. I'm tired. I'm tired of beating around the bush, okay? Like, Najee looked indestructible last season despite, you know, how much usage he got, and then he broke down at the end of the season. Right. I don't want to see him become Todd Gurley. Let's put it that way. There you go. <laughs> oh. like, I don't want him to be Todd Gurley, where he had all the makings of, like, the next greatest running back of all time, mm-hmm. and then because they ran him into the ground for no reason, um, all of a sudden, you know, he's floundering with the Falcons, or he's probably not even in the league anymore. Like, Najee is too good of a person to have that in his future. <laughs> true, man, true. Yes, you're not wrong there. Oh, man. Uh, you're <laughs> so, right. Whoa, so what, how, let's just let everybody know how we really feel about Deontay Johnson. I mean, I've, I know right, we've well, said a couple of things in previous episodes, but again, this is the no holds barred, you tell me special. So I would pay him 10 million, 12 million. I wouldn't pay him 20, 18. I wouldn't pay him 15. Right. Uh, there's nothing about him that says he's the guy. Game like, breaker, I know right? He, he had he had back-to-back games where opening drive over the top touchdown, and then what did he do after that? Like when I think of paying a guy, I look at what Cooper Cup does with um, Matt Stafford when they need him, and they took over and they went down the field and did what they had to do. When I saw Deontay Johnson have to step up. At the end of last season, Oof. it was him dropping the ball, getting false starts, making stupid mental mistakes. Yep. Um, the season is on the line, and he didn't live yeah. up to – or he didn't handle the pressure well. And, again, like like you were saying, like, is that the guy you want to pay to be your number one? Like, m- maybe he gets better, but who knows, you know? Like I said before, like, you want to pay him because you're hoping that his ceiling – or, like, he gets better. But, like, with a performance like that, especially when, it, like, he had all your chips in <laughs> for the playoffs and he, you know, lays a stinker out there, like, that doesn't make you feel good about the next season. And maybe Let me put it to you. Sorry, go ahead. Finish your thoughts. Sorry. I'll oh, I, I, it was just, like, maybe this is why we drafted Pickens. And, and maybe this is why we brought in Calvin Austin, you know, as a potential replacement because – I mean, you got to start looking out, out, you know, you got to start looking towards the future now. And I don't know if Deontay's it. My thing is, if you weren't willing to pay Juju, there's no way you can pay Deontay. And I know he was hurt last year, but all the things Juju can do for you compared to what Deontay can, like, it's not even close. I mean, Juju's a Swiss Army nice out there. He was yep. blocking, you know, <laughs> he never gave up on plays. Made um, contested catches. Right. Like uh, a tank out there. Just, just ran over people for first downs. Like, I know he got lit up by the, the one Bengals player and, like, the fumble, but, like, Ben <laughs> made him the sacrificial lamb out there on that play. <laughs> so, 
Like, there's not very many guys that are going to catch that. I'm sorry. But, you know, everyone wants to harp on him for his social media and stuff. But, I mean, he was one player that showed up every Sunday. It didn't matter what his social media was. When it came time to play football, he played football. And if you want to let him go, like, you can't be paying Deontay top money if you're not willing to pay Juju, you know, like, like a real wide receiver, like, I mean, you could definitely make the case not to pay him twenty million based on like the last couple of years. But I mean, screw you, Christian. If you're Kirk. not willing to pay, <laughs> if you're not, well, yeah, he <laughs> ruined the but market. If you're not willing to pay him, like you, you, there's nothing that says you got to pay Deontay top wide receiver money. So all, like, all he does is he was the one that got Juju injured last year by not making a block, but right. the guy just run through. Right, so, like, and this is. Sorry, this is kind of funny. I didn't mean to interrupt you again, man. Sorry. You're good. You're good. You're good. Sorry, I was just no, gonna this say is a, this is a fiery episode, so like we're, yeah. we're gonna have a sorry. lot of that. Sorry, episode. sorry, but I was just gonna say, and I'll let you get back to your thing. But like, okay, so you know how everybody praised Juju, like for battling back through injury to come help the Steelers play against the Chiefs. Like that was like one of the things that like you know, the team got behind, like, oh, Juju, he didn't have to come back. Like, you know, he's headed to free agency. Like, he came back to help us win, right? And, like, you don't want to pay him that. And then, and like, you know, like, Colbert didn't want to reward him for the contract or whatever, whether it be because of injuries or, you know, like, well, maybe he's not going to be as reliable down the road when he's older. But, like, you can't do that and say that about Juju and, like, like reward the guy and then praise Pickens for the same shit. Like, he, like, like he battled back and played in the, I think it was the championship game. You know what I'm saying? Like that's what, what Colbert yeah, was saying. Like, oh, yeah. we're so proud of Pickens for battling back and he was a torn ACL and coming back and not giving up on his teammates. So like, it's just, it's just a funny situation to me with right. that whole that dynamic. But sorry, go ahead, man. I didn't mean to. No, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, I don't, I don't know. The deal is with Pickens and like the headgear that he wears that everyone makes a big deal out of. But like, is that any worse than Juju making dance videos? <laughs> you know, everyone wants to harp on him for making dance videos, but it seems like Pickens is gonna have some. I mean, if he goes out there and performs, like, like it should be the same way. Like, the reason I rip Claypool is because like he's doing all this extra stuff and like so far he had. He had a good start to his rookie season and I don't know what you would call last year, but it wasn't good. It was okay. But you know, if Pickens goes out there and performs, there's no way you can justify paying Deontay when you're gonna have to pay. Let's say Claypool goes out and actually like puts his head on and does what he's supposed to do this season. There's no way you pay Deontay. And do you think, let's ask it this way. Do you think if he left Pittsburgh, he would get paid anywhere else? Probably not the money that he wants. Exactly. Right. So, Like if someone's willing to pay him that much money, I'd say good riddance. It's like, have fun. Thanks mm-hmm. for nothing. <laughs> like, thanks, right. thanks for dropping the ball when we need you to catch it the most. But right. Um, <laughs> I, and I have no ill will to this guy. He seems like a nice enough man. Mm. Um, I I just I, he's not worth going into cap hell for. Like we've done that before, 
and he's not worth it. I'm sorry. Even if they raise the cap 100 million next year, like <laughs> I still wouldn't pay him 20 million. I'd give him, like I said, 10, maybe 12. But I, I guess it depends on, like I said, if Claypool shows up next year and Pickens balls out, like if Austin just has like a pretty good season next year, like there's no way you can justify paying him top receiver money, no matter how much the cap goes up. Right. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. Definitely don't want to put your team in a bad situation for playing again paying a guy for average slightly above average pay you know but and and don't at me when he has like a really good you know game when it nothing matters in the season okay let me know when everything's on the line when he shows up right that's all i, I ask i agree let me know when, like i don't care if he has 120 you know yards Two touchdowns when we're losing 42 to 20. Like, don't care. I want to know when the game's on the line, when he's going to make a play that takes over and wins the game for us. With that, him breaking a tackle, him outrunning his defender, him. <laughs> Hell, if he makes a block that gets Najee into the end zone, like, I'll, I'll pull up a bowl of crow and eat it. <laughs> but, like, yeah, agreed agreed man. like I, I i don't care if he gets the opening you know touchdown anymore i don't care if he has the best stats on our wide receiving core this season if we're just throwing the ball 100 times because we're behind the whole game mm-hmm. um i want to know when the game was on the line what he did to take over that's it that's 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 perfect man that's really all that truly matters when it's and when everything's on the line and you have to advance you have to beat the ravens to you know to secure your playoff spot like what is Deontay doing if you guys want to praise him as a true number one a true game breaker like what what does he do based on our prediction if he's the one that makes the catch to knock the ravens out of the playoffs like i i will take that as a meaningful play like if he's the one that does whatever to knock the Ravens out of the playoffs, like okay, <laughs> like I know your your Browns friend said that like the the Steelers Browns didn't matter last year because the Browns had nothing to play for, but those games matter. <laughs> if Deontay Deontay shows up and we're like four and thirteen or four and twelve, and the only thing we have to play for is to knock the Bengals or Ravens out of the playoffs, if Deontay shows up that game, like. I will again give me second helpings of the crow. Let's go. <laughs> uh, see, we like to preach honesty and, uh, you know, like we'll do it, man, because, you know, that's how we roll on the show. That's how we roll. <laughs> we, we have no problem saying we're wrong. Unfortunately, we're not wrong very often. <laughs> Facts. So, I say that a lot, but it's true. I say, I say unfortunately because we've been. I've had a lot of negative years. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, a lot of a lot yeah. of uh, emotional post show <laughs> podcast, post game podcast. But you know, it sucks. It sucks being right about a lot of stuff when they're wrong yeah. or like when things yeah. are negative. So <laughs> yeah, when is that good? All right. Um, but I, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll see. Uh, I don't know. 
like I don't know how we could be wrong about the O line when they literally did nothing right. um, <laughs> to improve it. Um, besides, you know, like you said, they bought they they brought in three band-aids for they brought in three band-aids for thirty-seven cuts. So I mean, we'll see how that works out. Right. I mean, take a take a page out of the Bengals book. As horrible and as demeaning uh, me saying that is, like they bolstered up their O line pretty like exponentially this past off season. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's gonna hurt seeing London bomb two times a year on the Ravens. <laughs> it's gonna be the Wolverine meme of him touching the picture. <laughs> oh like, God! What could have been? At it. What could have been? But we'll see. We'll see how this all shakes out. So, I mean, you know, Linderbaum is kind of undersized and had the same same physical, maybe not as a good of an athlete as Kendrick Green is, but when you don't have the fundamentals or the technique down, then it doesn't matter. So, <laughs> it's true, right? Like, the, no, I, I just, the fact that anyone looked at Kendrick Green and was like, well, who cares about his tape? The guy <laughs> looks like he could be like, why don't you just walk into any old gym and find, you know, some guy with a six pack and like doing, you know, 425 deadlifts and you'd be like, you know what? He's got a lot of like potential. Look right. at how athletic he is. Like, right. why don't we just sign him to play center and hope he knows how to snap the ball? That's just the most basic know. thing. <laughs> the most basic thing. Yeah. And botched that several times. Oh, all right, man. Uh, <laughs> Uh, other than that, like I don't have a lot of grabs. Like linebacker, we'll see. Like for me, a linebacker and secondary is kind of whatever. Like I'm not gonna beat Trail Edmonds because I don't know what else we can possibly say about Trail Edmonds that we haven't said already. Right. Um, you know, it'd been nice if we would have got Kyle Hamilton, but obviously that would have took some finesse to pull that one off. Right. But the only thing I think about the secondary, like that's another question mark for me. Like, we'll see what, like, what, what they can actually do. I guess, but you know, we'll see how much of an upgrade Miles Jackson is. Um, I know Joe Schobert. We were all hyped for him, and like that turned out to be nothing. Um, we'll see what Levi Wallace can bring to this team in secondary. But defensive wise, like I, I don't have a whole lot of gripes. It's just I think they're good enough. It's just gonna be a question if they're playing all game, you know. You gotta hope uh, Alu Alu's back at hundred percent. You gotta hope that Stefan Witt comes back. You gotta hope the Marvin Leal, you know, develops well. You gotta hope Isaiah Laudermilk takes the second year jump. In, you know, in terms of that. So, I mean, I guess ESPN was saying that the defensive line of the Steelers was like one of their biggest weaknesses, even though we have a ton of depth there. Like Montrevis Adams really played well when he had his number called at nose tackle and just, you know, rotating in and out. So, I mean, it just, dep- it just depends on the health and those other, like I said, the rookie and then uh, Stefan to it and Alu Alu. I mean, if we get those guys and they're all there, it's safe to say that the defensive line is going to be pretty good. So, yeah, like you said, not really. There's I mean, not really any gripes there. 
and obviously like they have they're probably banking on to it coming back i would assume right and hoping that fixes like the run issue but and then like outside line linebacker obviously we have all pro tj watt i mean just gotta hope he stays healthy and then alex highsmith like he's been steadily improving year after year um so, you know, I think I feel good about those two spots, but like, what about the depth behind those guys? We have that Tuska guy, like he was okay. Avery. Yeah. And the Avery, Avery dude. Um, John Simon. So some, uh, it's a pretty steep drop off. I would, I would imagine <laughs> behind those yeah. two guys. So yeah. you're hoping, you're hoping that some of the undrafted free agents they signed, like was one of those guys, turns out to be like a diamond in the rough man i really hope i really hope daniel archibong takes the next step what a fun name archibong archibong bong gonna get his new jersey here soon yeah um man they got justin lane above james pierre talk about a man that's hard that's hard because we were we were hyped for pierre yeah that's uh still Tough, tough pill to swallow. I mean, after seeing but, Pierre give up, uh, like what halftime touchdowns to Henry Ruggs, and then I can't remember the guy for Denver. I'm trying to remember who that was, but he did have the game-winning interception against Teddy Bridgewater that one game. But he also got burnt that game too. So I mean, uh, man, it's not a lot. Not a lot of, to be excited for. <laughs> so it's Sean it's Norwood back in the safety spot, but he didn't play safety. He played cornerback last year, so that's interesting. I think he, he might have had a couple Casey. of snaps from at free safety, right? I think yeah. free safety or well, they should do is just switch him in trail this season. Yeah, see how that works out. Yeah. Trail likes trail likes to be out of position anyway, so <laughs> at least Trey Norwood will be over top to stop, you know, the touchdown. Right, but yeah, yeah like I said, I mean, defensive wise, defensive wise, like if you get to it back, alu alu, like maybe the run defense is better. Mm-hmm. But we'll, we'll see it. So I'm not, yeah, <sighs> yeah it <was> just tough. <laughs> I thought, I, tough. I thought, I just thought that we were gonna fix the O line this offseason after the last two years, right. <sighs> I just don't know how you do this three years in a row and expect a different result. This, yeah, I don't know, man. Again, usually they're on top of things, but just the fact that they've neglected this, neglected this whole line so badly over the past couple of years, it doesn't make you feel good going into the season. Let's say hypothetically Devin Bush doesn't work out. Now you got to go get a linebacker next year, right? Samuel yeah. Jackson working out for whatever reason. Right. I mean, they, they they drafted that that Robinson kid out of Ole Miss. It was like the later in the draft, I mean, they like his athletic ability. Like to, he's more of like a run stopper linebacker than a coverage guy, like a Vince Williams type. But I mean, that's gonna be a big hole next year, if like you said, if Devin Bush doesn't work out, and then Miles Jack for some reason doesn't go or doesn't play like we know he can. And then again, it's Terrell Edmonds, like, I don't know if you're going to bring him back, if you're going to sign him to an extension or offer him a new contract, then you have to draft the safety. 
which could have been addressed this year, but uh, it's just a lot to a lot to digest, man. Yeah, I don't know. Because uh, then, yeah, I mean, let's say Weatherspoon is a contract year guy, and then he doesn't perform this year. Levi Wallace, we don't know what, but you know, Cam Sutton and Pierre aren't who we thought they were. Like mm-hmm. Sutton had some good moments last year, but. Definitely wasn't, you know, number one cornerback like we thought he was going to be. He's um, more of a slot cornerback, in my opinion, than he, yeah. he is outside, even though he wants to be outside. But, I mean, if you can't perform, then just do what you're good at, my man. <laughs> like, he's definitely one of the more intelligent defenders on our team. Um, he's a really good tackler, you know, but just don't ask him to, to do too much. So, <laughs> yeah, and, uh, that's all I got to say about Sutton. So, like, next year we might be addressing linebacker, cornerback, and safety. Like, when are we ever going to get to the L-line? Right. It's never going to happen, man. Never. Uh, Especially we keep taking on projects. Okay. Yeah. It's got to stop that. Oh, that's frustrating. I, if, I, if I hear the Steelers compliment someone for their athletic ability or potential athletic ability, like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lose. You're going to bust. I'm going to... I'm going to drive to Rooney's office and be like, bro, listen, I love you. You've done a lot of great things, but you guys are too good to be this bad. Yeah, well, and plus we'll see how the new GM, the new GM, like how he feels about things because, you know, this is this was Kevin Colbert's last draft as a GM. I think they're going to keep him around as like a, an advisor, kind of like Ozzie oh. Newsom, but – I mean, there's a lot of – they've done a lot of uh, homework on some of the guys they've been interviewing. Um, that that cat from the Eagles, I can't say his Weidel, Weedle, Weidel, uh, he seems pretty pretty promising. And then, obviously, that guy in-house, Brandon Hunt, um, who's been with the team. He's learned under Colbert. I mean, I, I know he was the master – not the mastermind, maybe a large contributing factor to bringing Minka in. And, like, he's been around Colbert and how, they, how, they, how he does things along with Tomlin. So that's just, that's another interesting thing that we have to look forward to in the coming weeks of you know who's going to be the new GM of the Steelers. Just a lot of transition and change, man. You know, because like you know the Colbert, uh, Big Ben eras, I finally closed closed the book on that chat. Like, closed the book on that era. So you know, with Pickett and Trubisky, it's like man, the new GM is just a new. A new, and there aren't the Steelers that we're used to seeing. We'll just put it that way. No, no. I mean, you know, Steelers were always done for the defense, but uh, yeah, this is going to be hard. It's going to be hard. It doesn't matter how good this defense is. If we go four, like, I feel like we had to lead the league in four and outs last year. Like, it just sure. felt like it from watching it. Maybe. I don't watch a lot of Jacksonville games, so maybe them, but it just felt like for three quarters we were going four and out until the fourth quarter when Ben was just like drawn up plates in the sand. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so, who knows how many games we would have lost without Ben, you know, because like you said, it's always like the late game heroics right. with Ben. But, you know. Uh, we'll all see how it shakes out. 
Uh, yeah. So anything else you want to add or now that we <laughs> dress down the team and beat them into submission? Um, Not really, man. <laughs> I mean, I guess the one highlight or low light or whatever you want to call it, I, Ben Roethlisberger did reach out to Kenny Pickett in <laughs> uh, a couple days ago, last week or several weeks ago, you know, after he was drafted and offered his uh, wisdom and knowledge to the young guy. Um, you, know what I, you know what I told him? Don't, don't play this year. Don't play, man. <laughs> don't play this year. Right. They're, they're going to get you killed, bro. That's probably Take it from me. really what he's like. You probably have the transcript, transcript right in front of you, man. That's probably exactly what he said. Yeah. Just go out there and roll your ankle. Yeah. So. yeah. Let's, let's pretend you need a elbow surgery. And then <laughs> next year when they don't draft any online or sign anyone, then go out there and play and just realize they don't care. They don't uh, care. We don't care. There you go. Uh, I heard you talking about <laughs> honor, integrity, <laughs> and dignity. And uh, we didn't want you to know, Kenny. Uh, we don't, we care. don't care. We don't care. <laughs> All right. Yeah, man. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, hopefully, hopefully it was a good talk. I mean, Ben could teach him a thing or two about breaking tackles, I guess. Um, how to get the ball out in 2.2 seconds <laughs> otherwise, otherwise otherwise i don't it's a good mentorship it's good to see that ben's still you know helping out the young guys right despite everyone saying like he's selfish and a, you know, not a good locker room guy and all these things and even after the way he was treated the last two three seasons um yeah it's like we always said the guy did more good than bad. Like he took all the blame last year, and I just don't know how he took all the blame when he saw that offensive line. Right. But yeah, what do we know? What do we know? We just watch it. Yeah, we just watch all the games and can yeah, see yeah. the disgust yeah, on Ben's face when Kendrick and as the up. as the O line just stares at him like, "What are you doing down there? Help so, him yeah. up." Yeah, help him up. That's what I tweeted that out earlier. Like, uh, man, how many – like, Ben was on his back a majority of the games, and nobody would help him up. Even Zach Banner had to come out and be like, hey, guys, pick him up for Christ's sake. So, yeah. To, to, to be fair, Kenneth Green didn't know where he was at. So That's true. He was all the way up for, half hard, the field. He was in the stands buying a hot dog. Like, <laughs> oh, oh uh, i got to get down there and snap the ball, I think. Oh, man. So, yeah, offensive line, <laughs> help the quarterback up. He was up there being like, hey, I'm going to have your job next year. <laughs> oh, man. Steelers should put out some video about Kendrick Green helping hot dog vendors or something. Some corny video that they like to put out sometimes. But, yeah, yeah man. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good, Kendrick Green. They're like, no, that this is his full-time job. It's oh. not like a fan day or anything. It's not a meet and greet uh, with Kendrick Green. This is just where he works now in the stands. It's a lot safer for everyone involved. Right. <laughs> so that he probably fall down the stairs onto the field. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Poor Kendrick Green. Larry Kendrick. Got a whore. Yeah, got a whore. Remember that tattoo you got? Whatever it is. Yeah. I don't know. All right. What do y'all what else do you think, man? Are we done uh, on the Steelers? Yeah, I done on the Steelers. Um I 
if we're going to talk wrestling, um, I thought Raw and SmackDown were pretty solid. Um, I wish Madcap and Corbin could just be done. I wish oh, Corbin yeah. could be done in general, but um, <laughs> I'm sorry. RK Bro is like my favorite thing in wrestling. I, I know Roman Reigns is instantly like cooler, but just everything about Randy and Riddle, like they could sell me a ketchup popsicle and I'd, I'd buy it even if I was wearing a white <laughs> Like I'm sorry. It's everything they do. Um, I guess Bobby Lashley and almost is like another thing. Like I have no idea what we're what we're doing. Mm. No matter what, no matter what you do with almost like Omas. Sorry, um, it's never gonna be over to me. Like you had Braun. Well, have you seen Braun Strowman's tweets? No. What was he even saying? Oh, if you wanna, you wanna. Oh man. <laughs> So this guy, this is my king of cringes. Well, maybe forever. Um, <laughs> so, sorry. <laughs> okay, so he he, <laughs> he he tweeted out, and I'm gonna. It's like, you know, I, I'm paraphrasing, so don't quote it word for word, but. <laughs> You know, him and EC3 and like a bunch of people started their own uh, oh, wrestling thing God. called Create Your Narrative. Oh, and so dumb. He, he, <laughs> he said, uh, he said something along the lines of like, we need to build each other up, not tear each other down. Like, the world is a much better place when we all work together. <laughs> and someone said, like, Ron Strowman based. <laughs> God and and Braun Strowman goes, yeah, based on your mom's back. <laughs> dude, dude was like, bro, it was a compliment. Base is a good thing. Oh, Classic oh. Braun, man. And, and then he got into his buff Bagwell of all people. <laughs> like, oh my god! You talk about <laughs> like scraping the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> dude, <laughs> Him and Buff Bagwell got into it. Oh, <laughs> <Which> ultimately, <laughs> like he brought up like Buff Bagwell's like criminal record and everything. And then oh Bagwell yeah, brought, Bagwell brought up like his like he has a DUI too. And then like Braun Strowman ended up like apologizing and then like I might have overreacted and like da 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 da. And I was like, oh, oh my God. goodness. So King uh, Cringe, Braun Strowman, if or Adam Shafir. So mm. if you're looking. <laughs> And Adam Shafir, if you hear this and want to make fun of us for this podcast, like go for it. If you want to come on here and make fun of us in person, like Dude, as you can sweet. tell, like as much as I laughed at your tweet, like I'm all for it. Like come, come roast us. Oh, Let's see what you got. Yeah, that would be phenomenal. Oh. <laughs> that would be great. Oh. Oh, I, you know what? I, I was just sit here and take it because I, <laughs> I based on your mom's backlash. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh you're supposed to, I thought Tony Khan as a business owner was cringe, but man, you're running a business. You're all apparently, <laughs> apparently, like I said, this rabbit hole just keeps going further and further down. Um, apparently, they made a Taco Bell commercial. <laughs> uh, 
but not because Taco Bell sponsored them. <laughs> and it was just them going in there and ordering Taco Bell and eating it. And Taco Bell uh, put out a cease and desist order. Against <laughs> oh, so wow. they had to take down like the Taco Bell commercial. Oh my God, dude. What uh, what world are we living in? That's <laughs> insane. Uh, yeah, so, <laughs> I mean... If you, you know, sometimes you, they're like, man, I can't believe I get rid of a guy like that. And then, like, once I get this creative freedom, just to be who they are, like, oh shit, it's amazing they kept him around that long. Wow, he'd be all over again. Wow, man, I'm, I've heard about their pr- promotion or whatever, and it's just like, uh, just I just cringe thinking about the name and the fact that they're actually like tweeting stuff like that or getting themselves in situations like that. It just you can't maybe you can't write that perfect combination, but it's just it just seems super embarrassing every time I hear about EC3 and what's the other guy Austin Aries who gave so and so a promise ring like like you just knew that it would <laughs> the more it'd be more outrageous as time goes on and so far they haven't disappointed so <laughs> shout out to shout out to <laughs> Braun and or adam whatever is we wants to be known as <laughs> yeah so uh again if you're looking for cringe of the week uh adam shafir on twitter go <laughs> look it up s-c-h-e-f-e-r i think is the spelling or s-c-h-f-e-r uh, you won't be disappointed, that's for sure. <laughs> right on, man. <laughs> um, but yeah, anyways, uh, bring it full circle. Uh, yeah, Omos, like nothing, like he doesn't move well. I, I Again, I saw a video of him like rapping Biggie at WrestleMania. So like maybe he's got a personality, but like can't have your big <laughs> ominous heel rapping and entertaining the crowd and do you really want another um big dancing gimmick like the what's his face the tyrannosaurus rex um funkadactyls and whatever his name was i i I don't know man i have no idea oh man yeah i don't know smackdown like you said the rk bro segment was pretty good like that storyline is great riddle's doing great work i mean i've you know, I, there's some hate towards Riddle, given like from his personal life and stuff. But as an in ring performer and the guy on the mic, he's pretty good. Like I've always liked his in ring stuff. But yeah, that's probably those two guys are definitely carrying some of the show. You know, and and the problem with that is like, huh? like I, okay, so I won't invite Riddle to dinner, but as long as he's entertaining on TV, who cares? Like, who cares? As long as he's out there, like abusing children or something you know? like, <laughs> like velveteen <laughs> sir, sir. <laughs> he's a shit uh oh and shout out to sammy zane man i, I know there's a yeah. lot of criticism on sammy zane uh, a lot of people are saying that he's a jobber and he's just like not selling out but just like not being utilized correctly but and we've said it before with his match at, on wrestlemania against the jackass crew and just like how he's inserted himself into the storyline like the, guy, the kid puts on stellar matches like you can put him anywhere so again shout out to Sami Zayn, a phenomenal entertainer and just he made the right choice resigning with the wwe as much as certain people want to shit on that but you can call him a jobber but every segment he is in is pretty much a prominent segment on yep. yeah like, even if he's losing like 
He's going up against RK Bro. He's going up against Shinsuke. He's going like he's always in like a title picture or like you said, you got the rub to be trusted to put on a match with Johnny Knoxville. Mm-hmm. Like at, at WrestleMania. And it was a pretty damn entertaining match. So like it wasn't obviously traditional wrestling, but I mean, everything about it was funny or at least entertaining. So right. don't know what to tell you there, guys. Um <laughs> I guess I guess go mark out over Wardlow, who's supposed to be like uh, terrorizing uh, big man at six two. But oh man, <laughs> what is it? Why do people like him so much, dude? I don't see it. Like, I, personality wise, I don't see anything. He does a power bomb, which is like the most generic big guy thing you can do. Besides, mm-hmm. I guess almost like picking someone up by the throat and choke slamming him. Um, I, I don't get it either. MJF is awesome. Like I. That guy, I would watch talk on a mic for two hours if I had to. Like he could, right. get, he could pull it off. But like, is, is he Wardlow cool because he puts security guys through tables? Like, right? It's literally every big guy ever at a contract signing. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I was telling you. Like, if, if Wardlow was in WWE, he would definitely be one of those guys in the background holding Roman Reigns back or Brock Lesnar. Like he, he just doesn't. There's nothing about him, man. Like, he, like you said, he's just a, g- a generic creator wrestler guy on W or whatever the video game is. Like, hey, I don't see it. I don't see it at all. And then, like you said, like, MJF. Bob- Sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, like, Bobby Lashley's 6'3", but, like, his build and everything, he looks much bigger. Right. Like, Wardlow <laughs> only looks big because he's an AEW, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, if yeah. you put him next to Bobby Lashley, I would just assume that it was going to be a jobber match and Lashley was going to, like, close on him, put him in the hurt lock, and, like, then cut a promo on the mic and be like, this is all you got. This is it. Yeah, yeah. You know, something like that. Like, I, I and again, like, on the mic, like, I don't, I don't see it. Mm-hmm. So, I, I, but, yeah, go, go on with what you were going to say about him, Oh, okay. So, like, you think Wordlow would learn something from MJF, too, because that kid's, like, a natural on the mic, like you were saying. Um, like, oh, it's, good. It's, it's, stupid it's, how good he is. It's so insane. Like, he's... Like, and he's really, he's really, really young, too. Yeah. Like, for him to, like, have it figured out at this age, he could, I mean... He's only going to get better, right? Supposedly, like, this... Oh, for sure. Like, the, the so, only... All, all the way to the top of this guy, straight to the moon. Mm-hmm. But supposedly, the things they keep saying about Tony Khan are, like, real. Like, <laughs> I guess yeah. they have, like, a little... They have a working relationship, but, like, Tony Khan once, like, had to call him into the office and be like, hey, don't go do interviews without, like, AEW's PR team approval. Because I guess he went to Ariel Herwani's show. Oh, and, shit, like, really? They, like, didn't know... Yeah, they didn't know about it or wow. whatever. And so, like... Uh, I mean, you and me talked about it. Like, he, he, there's no way he can go to WWE unless he gets complete character freedom. Yeah, it would neuter the shit out of him. Right. Like, what makes him good is like he he's got the heel thing to to you. Yeah, he knows how to go out there. But then, like when you see him in his hometown of Long Island last week, like he the crowd was just eating on the palm of his hand. Like, just everything he did. Like when you're like, I wouldn't want you to boo. Wink, wink. When when that <laughs> talks and like they're all like doing that oh wow man you can't teach that stuff like he's just a natural yeah. man 
But like you're yeah. like you were saying, like if he do, if he does go to WWE, like you know, and like like you said before, like we're fair on on criticisms of both. If he goes to WWE, man, like you said, they're gonna neuter the shit out of him. Like he's not gonna be able to to fully express himself in 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 the ways that he has in AEW. So like, man, but then again, maybe he changes it up and actually makes it work. Who knows? But from like what we know now. And what we know about WWE, like I just don't see that happening at all. Like unless, yeah. um, unless WWE somehow goes back to being the way they were in the Attitude Era, but era, but you know all the way the world is now in the the PG era of WWE. Like, you're gonna lose all those sponsors yeah. or whatever. However, the how they handle business over there, you're not gonna have a guy <laughs> ripping on stuff and continue to well, you know, yeah. I mean, the only hope they have is Triple H taking over. But yeah, at this point, at this point, I, I have no no vision of when Vince would ever give up control. Like he'll probably still be calling shots from the grave at this point. Yeah, he'll figure the it out. Genetic jackhammer. <laughs> the genetic jackhammer is such a good nickname. <laughs> Oh man! Oh, Vince. <laughs> you, you used to be before, before he went. Before you took a company public and oh. <laughs> made grown men kiss your butt cheeks on TV, <laughs> like everything. Classic, the legendary stuff, man. See, let's see Tony Khan do that shit. Why not? Tony Khan. Tony Khan's the guy that goes. I don't want to be a big personality on TV, and then he has to make a major announcement every week and can't put his twitter down for two seconds oh man that shit's cringy but yeah i agree uh, you were close you were close to taking uh king of cringe back mr mr khan but adam adam just he went hard in the paint this week so he deserved it he deserved it Uh, classic um i don't know i might have to stop following him on twitter just so so i can get (laughs) So that you can get a break from. <laughs> I wanted to be spread around evenly, but. All right. Oh, and. Uh, your boy, Eddie oh. Kingston. Oh, like, no. They, like, they put the worst makeup on him. Like, whoever the special effects team is in AEW, like, mm. between, oh. like, the cardboard, between the cardboard box stage and with Sherika Punk to the cardboard box stage, pyro work. Like the obviously fake. They should have like have a mask on or something, rather than try to put it like a fake scab on his eye or whatever it was. Is that what they did? Yeah, it, this looked like a really bad floor burn, but I mean, yeah. <laughs> I I don't know. It was it just and then like he like. But he had Jericho on the ground with both his hands around his neck, and like he's like, "Ah, I'm gonna kill you! I'm gonna kill you!" Like, uh, I don't know what everybody sees in Eddie Kingston either, but you know, the best, the best Mike, the best talker in all of the business, or whatever they say okay. about him. I, I, yeah, maybe we're the problem. Let's see anything in Wardlow or Eddie Kingston. So maybe we're the problem. I doubt um, it. <laughs> Oh man. Well, anything else you want to add to this? Oh, uh, yeah. Raquel Red, Raquel Gonzalez, who challenged Ronda Rousey on Friday Night SmackDown. Yeah. Like, don't, don't make her that 
stupid I'm just happy to be here baby face like that's the worst baby face you can be yeah, she just goes out there and smiles and it's like I'm just smiling because I'm such a good person and I can't wait to like just have a good nap with you Ronda Rousey gee golly whiz like don't do that <laughs> yeah for real she's intimidating and like she needs to yeah. be a, a force to be reckoned with not just like you right. said like uh happy happy uh happy whatever i was thinking of mad cat moss just like hey guys hey what's going on i'm here it's, have a good time it's just so annoying when the baby face over smiles at everything like nobody no one smiles that much like nobody ever <laughs> delivers a conversation where they're just smiling the whole time at everything they say it's true it's true it's, 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 like it doesn't matter how good it, like my mother who is the nicest person in the world that is a fact doesn't doesn't even smile at everything she says so like there's no way i can buy into like just anybody on tv just oh gee golly i'm going to deliver everything with a smile like go out there and say congrats Rhonda, on breaking charlie's arm now i'm going to break yours you know something like that keep <laughs> like, it simple keep it simple yeah to the point don't do too much. Well, what do you think, man? Ready to wrap this episode yeah. up? Yeah, 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 I was going to make fun of CM Punk. But, oh, no, no. Let's hear that because I love when you <laughs> make fun of CM Punk. And another thing. <laughs> uh, CM Punk gives a promo of like, I look in the mirror and I ask myself, am I a good guy? Oh. <sighs> Like, stop, stop. It's so annoying. Like, no, you're a piece of shit. You literally told your friend you're going to buy him a house and then, like, defaulted on his payments and, like, left oh. him high and dry. Like, no, you're, you're like, a garbage human being. Um, Shout out to Cole Cabana. Attack, <laughs> yeah. You attack fans. Well, that might have been Shannon Moore. No. Cole oh, Cabana. Cole Cabana, he just, like, got the crap suit out of him for, like, going on his podcast and talking about things he wasn't allowed to talk about. And, like, oh, that's on Cole. Like, sorry, Cole. Good luck with that. Uh, no, it was Shen Moore. He was like hard on his luck. That he's like, oh yeah, I'll get you house, bro. Don't worry, it's cool. And then like, <laughs> peace out, Girl Scout. I'm still oh. best in the world. <laughs> oh um, man. But um, uh, yeah. He, so like, no, don't look in the mirror and say, am I a good person? No, you're a garbage human being. You still like assault fans and like the airport and stuff like. <laughs> nothing about you that screams a good person but he then ends his promo like one way or the other adam page you're gonna shake my hand whether it's conscious or unconscious and it's like like Punk here about as intimidating as my empty beer can right here okay <laughs> <laughs> like, i'm sorry oh. like i saw you in ufc i know you can't fight so like <laughs> I to take you seriously when you're like, I'm gonna knock you out and make you shake my head one way or the other. Oh man! Hey, did did you see the Eric Bischoff CM Punk tweets? Yeah. Oh, a, dude. <laughs> like. Oh man. CM Punk calling anyone like a gas bag that's talking out their ass, basically, like it's the epitome of hypocrite. Oh, We're gonna talk about a guy that runs his mouth too much, like for no reason. Let's see him punk. Well, uh, he said that he might have been bigger than Austin, or not Austin, but Hogan and Scott Hall yeah. and Kevin Nash, dude. Like, really? 
Right, right. Him, him, Adam Cole, and Daniel Bryan were bigger than Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, and uh, oh god, I'm sorry, dude, but that right there pisses me off because those guys changed the business, and I don't want to be like one of those those guys like the business, the business, this, the business, that. But that those guys were like on top of the world. At the look at look at Bullet 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 Club trying to recreate that every year. The reason Bullet Club's around, like NWO, was the same way. Like they'd add people, lose people, add people. Bullet mm-hmm. clubs the same way they add people, lose people, add people. So like, don't tell me like the impact that had on wrestling is it still felt today? Right. Look at AEW in general. Yeah. AEW is the king of factions. <laughs> yes. Like everybody's a faction. They're, they're hoping oh, any man. one of those House of Black, uh, whatever, Luchasaurus uh, Express, Dark Order, Lucha Express, uh, FTO, uh, dance, our uh, best friends, best, like best friends. They like... they would kill to have any the black pool combat club or whatever <laughs> like they would kill to have any of these factions be half the popularity that nwo was so oh man <laughs> you know what <laughs> can we have two kingdom crimes this week you know, yeah no it's yeah right? for real dude throw that in there anyway, but like like look let, let's be honest everyone wants to rip on bischoff or tna but like nobody was going to save tna there's nobody that could save like people are like oh well, look at Impact ever since Bischoff left. Yeah, it's like on a channel that nobody even heard of. That's true. At least when, like, I I couldn't tell you how to watch Impact right now besides, I guess, clips on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know what it's on. Like, who's I, the champion? I don't I had no clue, man. So, um, but, yeah, shout out to Eric Bischoff for saying <laughs> the guy talked himself up so much that he thought he could actually fight. <laughs> like, that's so... So true, man. And I just remember the hype. They're like, oh, CM Punk signs with UFC. And like we had to wait like two years. And then he went out there and just got destroyed by Mickey Gall, man. Just choked him out and punched him like, oh, Jesus. It it was rough. I mean, credit to Mickey Gall. It seemed like that's all he could do is beat like all these hype, you know, machines. Um, Because he beat the other kid, the Mm. other smiley kid that super young. I forget his name, but um, he's over in one FC now. So, but outside of that, like Mickey Gall couldn't win a meaningful fight to save his life. I think he even lost to Diego Sanchez. Wow, Oof. that's what talking about. Yeah, <laughs> and then CM Punk lost to like a news reporter guy. Oh, Channel, embarrassing. Channel Six News. Yeah, yeah. The guy literally just like laid on him because like I just, I just want to prove a point like how bad you are. Did CM Punk even throw a punch? Like, I don't remember him punishing Jackson at all. I, it was like he just said he um, just... He threw a punch in like the backstage videos where they show him warming up. He probably threw a punch in his head. He's like, okay, one, two, one, two, one, two. Oh, I'm on the back. Oh, uh, that's so the thing. Like he didn't even try to throw one from his back. Yeah, he just lay, Yeah, he just laid there. Like even Jackson was like looking to the side. Like, is, is this guy gonna do anything? Like, what is? Oh, CM Punk, the fake tough guy. I just... don't, don't don't worry, Parker. Though I'll let you have my signed autograph from CM Punk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh. It means more to you than it does to me. <laughs> Chicago Comic Con thing. <laughs> but, sorry, it says my name and it's of him like training for UFC, but <laughs> I'll let you have it. No, no, 
that's uh, <laughs> that's too great, man. Uh, we love you, Parker. For real, man. You're doing great things, buddy. And I mean that in yeah, all yeah. sincerity. Congrats, congrats on Jonathan Allen. That's awesome. Man. That's pretty right. fucking dope. Yeah, but CM Punk sucks. <laughs> CM Punk sucks. What? Yeah, sorry, I just tell he's your boy. I, I know how much you love him. I had to razz you a little bit. But... <laughs> oh man, uh, we're the best. <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> anything else, man? Anything else you want to add to this amazing blood sport episode, the Kumite? Episode? I mean, I mean, if we uh, if we if we shoot the shit a little bit longer, I'm sure I can find somebody else to make fun of. But yeah, we should probably. I call it quit. I think we went on what two hours here. <laughs> Probably, I think so. I think so. But it was all so, good stuff. Now, so now you know why this is a two-part episode. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully you don't have to hear us rip the old line for another four months. I think what August. Uh, I guess it's like three and a half. Well, we'll see what happens in OTAs because that kicks off in like two weeks. We'll see. Yeah. I don't know, man, because uh-huh. we talked about Dan Moore and Trey Norwood, and nobody really? believed us. So. Really? Real quick, uh, <laughs> remember I said I was gonna rip your tweet. Yeah, yeah, let's see. <laughs> but yeah, you know, we're hearing the same things about Pickett and training camp that we heard about Haskins. So uh, never forget. It's true. Never forget the hype. Never forget the hype we heard about. Just uh, amazing, inspirational, wowza. And, yeah. So. Well, I was I was thinking more of like how he conducts himself in interviews and just his the way he handles himself and you know like cool confident he doesn't seem rattled because a lot of rookies when they go in there they're just like oh I'm just happy to be, I'm happy to help the team anyway I can't you know like he can tell when it's kind of like fake confidence. Tell me a guy that was more cool and confident than Haskins. The guy had the guy was oozing machismo. <laughs> oozing machismo. <laughs> Throwing toothpicks and throwing out dollar bills <laughs> to strippers, man. I yeah. love you, Dwayne. He's You're like, a legend, man. Going to guard you. Oh, <laughs> uh, dude, that would be like the perfect way to like, you know, before a game, like a pregame interview, just do the toothpick. Oh, if Pat or Pickett comes out with like a curls and a toothpick and, and a chain, oh, dude, yeah, that's all you gotta do. All in. <laughs> that's it. We're sold. Yeah, you know, Vince. Vince Williams came dressed up as Stone Cold. Why can't you know? Can he <laughs> dress, I mean, you know, obviously Razor Ramon was way before Kenny Pickett's time, but yeah, you can watch video. Yeah. Oh shit, dude, that would be. Oh man, I forgot about Vince Williams coming out to Stone Cold or to his gear. Yeah, that was yeah, legendary. The best and everything. Yeah. And even the walk and the championship belt, man. Oh, Vince, Vince and Dwayne, shout out to you guys. You guys are just legends, and we love you. And just, you know, just thank you for the memories. Okay, for real though, I think I'm good. I think I'm, I think we're good. All right, yeah. Ooh, man. So yeah. Oh, another thing, and this isn't like a talk, taking shots or anything, but just thank you so much to everybody that downloaded our podcast the past month. Uh, thank you to all the listeners. Like the influx of listens that we had was just outrageous. Like I'm, it's insane, man. It's just crazy how 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 much you guys are helping us out there. So thank you again for for listening to us, listening to our madness and you know, we love each and every one of you. Yeah, thank you for sure. Uh, I, I think we were both easily taken back by um, just the overwhelming support the last episode yeah. we had. I mean, not, not Friday, but the episode before that. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't be more grateful. So thank you uh, for all the new listeners, all of our loyal listeners. Um, 
for coming on this journey with us. You know, we're going to keep putting out content and hopefully you'll keep coming with us. And, uh, you know, we're always looking to integrate, inter interact with y'all and engage with you. So, you know, always feel free to <laughs> make fun of us or tell us we're wrong or tell us how right we are. Yeah, we'll never tell once. us how right we are. <laughs> for real. I mean, what, what we speak into existence tells us enough. So <laughs> I, get, I get why you guys don't. But to, to tell us how wrong we are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you tell me what. You tell me pod one. Mm -hmm. uh, you tell me one, and uh, SSN underscore Steelers. Yep. Hit yep. us up. For real, don't be shy. We'll even bring you on. We've done it before, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we uh, <laughs> made the mistake of going on a uh, another app for a little while, but um, we we brought a guest on who I think would say we were fair. <laughs> yeah pretty fair it man like a, it was like a live radio thing that, that'll be a fun story to go in when like sports are completely dead for a while so right 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 but as long as adam shafir and tony connor tweeting we got plenty to talk about <laughs> every it seems like every day or every week so yeah thank you again guys so i'll let you close it out johnny well we'll see you guys next week uh We'll see what the rookie training camps, like if anything comes out of it. Uh, if not, there's always UFC, wrestling, and King of Cringe. So we'll talk to you guys soon. Love you. Later, guys.